when our kids were very young, something would happen that uh, we find amusing now, but we did not find amusing at all at the time. Uh, we would get them gifts. Again, this is when they're very young. And we would put all this thought into the gift that we're, we're getting for them. You know, maybe it was uh, something educational, help them learn the alphabet. Maybe it's a, a motor skill thing. And, and we would take all this time and pick something that's colorful or it's musical or whatever, and we think, okay, they're going to open this up and they're, they're just going to be thrilled. You know, they're going to smile. You just can't wait to see that. So, you know, we, it's Christmas morning and we'll pull the, the thing out and we help them unwrap it and take it out of the box, which is no small feat if you've taken a, a toy out of a box anytime recently. I don't, I don't know, you know how we have any issues with security in our country. I mean, we just need to have the toy people teach people how to keep things secure. So um, you help them get it out of the box, and then what happens? They play with the box. And I remember just thinking, why, why am I spending $30 or $50 for this gift when I could just, you know, save a box from Amazon, you know, and just give them the box? In fact, I recommend that. Up until maybe two years old, I think you can get away with it until about two years old. Just give them a box to play with. You know, sometimes we're, we're just, we're fascinated more with the package than we are with what's inside. I mean, we, we tend actually to do that even as adults with our bodies, we, we get kind of obsessed with the package more what's on the outside than, than what's on the inside. We, we can try to take care of this package, try to cheat the aging process, and ignore what's really important on, on the inside. So we, we try to cheat the aging process in all kinds of ways, right? I mean, we're, you know, doing hair color and makeup. Don't look at anybody as I'm, I'm talking about this, but, you know, hair color, you know, makeup, surgeries. I mean, we're doing all these things in defiance of this process that is naturally happening to us. And a lot of times we're, we're spending so much energy on, on that that we're ignoring really what's important and, and what's the, the important part of us that's on the, the inside. I, re, I remember the first time uh, as a pastor that I was with someone who, who passed away. Um, I, it was like my second year uh, as a pastor, and I was, I was on call that week, and I got called to a nursing home because they were expecting someone to pass away. I had not met this, this lady, and her family had not gotten there yet. But I went into her room, and uh, she was not conscious, and so I, I prayed with her, and I read scripture with her, and then we were kind of just kind of waiting, and her family still hadn't arrived yet. Eventually, I, I stepped out into the hallway, and I was told that, that she had passed away. And so I was the first one to walk into the room after that, the first one other than the medical the personnel to walk in. And I, I remember seeing her body lying there, and, and this strong thought went through my mind at that moment. I, I saw her body as like a sweater that we would wear and we would put on. And when we're done wearing it, we fold it up and we put it in a drawer because we're done with it. And I thought, this, this lady now, is, she's done with her sweater. She's done with her body and it's now going to be folded up and put away. But her life goes, goes on. See, I mean, we, we spend all this effort, I mean, there, there was a piece of her, the, the most important piece of her, that, that went on without any, any interruption. 
And yet we, we spend all this time trying to take care of the, the package and miss the, the part that's the most important, the, the internal, eternal part of us. Sometimes we don't give a, enough attention to. Maybe you're new here this morning and you're just exploring faith. You're not sure what you, you think about Jesus. And maybe you, as many of us, have, have grown up um, with a, a mindset, a philosophy, a teaching that the physical world is all there is. I mean, that's, that's a, a pretty, pretty well-accepted uh, theory in terms of our scientific communication, uh, its community is that the physical world is, is all there is and that the material things we see have been here forever. That's actually being challenged now, even the scientific community. They're saying, uh, many people are coming to agree, there, there was a beginning point for, for all of matter. And so if there was a beginning point, there must have been a cause for that beginning point. So people are questioning that and wondering what that cause could have been. In our faith community, we, we believe in a cause. We believe that that cause has a name, that his name is God, and that he spoke everything into existence. But if you believe that the physical world is all there is, then you, you don't give any attention to what is unseen, and what is unseen often gets forgotten, even, honestly, by those of us who are people of faith. Sometimes when we can't see something, we, we forget about it, and so we put all of our attention into and focus into the things that we can see, the container, the package that, that we can see, and this really impacts the way we respond to pain. That's what we're talking about in this series this month. It, it impacts the way we respond to pain because if we believe that the physical world is all there is, then that means when something negative happens to us in a physical sense, then we can be very devastated by that. So if, if we believe that the physical world is all there is and we get a, a medical message that there's something really wrong with us physically, that can be very, very devastating. Even to the point where if, if, if we believe the physical world is all there is and something goes really south in our job situation, we, we can, that can be very devastating to us. Even to the point, there's something that seems as trivial as how many likes do I get on social media? I mean, some of these things like explode in importance if we believe that all there is is the, the physical world. And so this morning, what I want to call us to do is look beyond the package, look beyond the package even that is our bodies, because when we do that, when we look to what is not seen, what is eternal, it starts to put our present day physical pain into perspective. So I'd ask you to look at a passage with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be this morning. If you don't have a Bible with you, there are some there on the seats. And uh, 2 Corinthians 4 is on page 1068. This series uh, we're in is called Facing the Pain of Life. And we called it that because it's, it's a tendency for all of us as human beings to hide or try to escape sometimes from pain. 
And God calls us to, to face our pain head on. He calls us to face it, and he gives us the capacity and the resources to be able to face it. And so that's what we're talking about here this month. And specifically, we're going we're to talk this morning about just facing the pain of death and embracing that to the degree that it leads to something better that God has for us. So God calls us to face our pain so that he can do a healing and a growing work in us that goes beyond our pain. Let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So we'll just pause there for a second and kind of unpack this verse for a minute before we go on. It says, we have a treasure in jars of clay. Our package, our container is a jar of clay. Okay, so not very valuable, dime a dozen, very fragile. So the container is, there's not much to it, but it says we have a treasure inside of the container. What, what is that treasure? Well, to know what that is, we have to go back a few verses and read the context. Context always answers a lot of, of our questions here. So go back to verse 3, because we find out that the treasure inside is the gospel. It's God's good news to us. Verse 3 says, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we have this treasure in jars of clay. Okay, the, the treasure is that God has spoken into darkness, even as he did at the beginning of creation, and he said, let there be light. God has spoken into the darkness of our world, this broken world, and even our broken lives. He's spoken into that darkness, and he's spoken light. He has sent Christ as the light, the light uh, in verse 4, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Jesus came as the light of the world. John said about Jesus, he was the true light that was coming into the world. So God has spoken light into your darkness. The, the places in your life and your personal world that feel the darkest. God has spoken light. He has sent Christ to be a light. To bring new life. To bring hope. And so that is the treasure that we have. That is the hope that we have that is inside of this jar of clay. So really what we see here is, is that your contents are more important than your container. What you have inside of you when you embrace that, that truth about Christ is more important than the container on the outside. The container on the outside is temporary. It's going to pass away. But what you have, the truth that you have inside is eternal and it is life-giving. So before we go on, I, I just need to pause to ask some of you if you have internalized that, if you truly do have that treasure inside of you, if you've internalized what Christ has done for you. 
Last week on Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrated Jesus rising to, to life, we talked about that as a historical event. We, we believe that is a historical event that actually happened, that there actually was a man named Jesus Christ, that he was put to death by the Roman government and in, kind of fueled by the, the Jewish people that were jealous of him. So there was a real man that, that was named Jesus. He was put to death. And there's never been any evidence to, to find his body. So we believe that he rose from the dead, as he said. And in fact, the closest witnesses to his life, the historical witnesses to his life said he rose again. They gave evidence for that. And so that's a historical event. The question for you and me is, have we personalized that historical event? Do you believe that? And are you putting your hope in that? Not as a historical event, but as something that gives you life and hope personally. That, that's the most important decision you will ever make. And that's how you come to have this treasure in a jar of clay. That's how you come to have that treasure internally is by trusting Christ, is by calling on him and saying, Jesus, I want that life. That life that you, that triumph that you had over death, I want that. I want that over death in my daily life. I want that over death eternally. The most important decision you can ever make. Because when we have that treasure in our jars of clay, it does two things. It gives us hope for today, for the pain and the difficulties of today, and it gives us hope for the next life. It gives us hope in this life and the next life. Let's read first about hope in this life, starting in verse 8. Paul, who wrote this, he said, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. See if you relate to any of these phrases. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. So any of these struggles that we read about here, these afflictions, being perplexed, persecuted, forsaken, struck down, any of these struggles could derail any one of us. But, but these struggles did not derail Paul because he had a view beyond the struggle itself. He was looking beyond the struggle. And, and you may be experiencing, there, there may be something going on in your life right now that just it feels like it is just beating you down. It may even be driving you to, to death, either like figurative death of hope, or like literally there may be something happening medically for you that is driving you towards death. What Paul tells us is that the, when, when the death of Christ, he says in verse 10, when we're carrying in our body the death of Christ, the life of Christ may also be manifested in our, our bodies. So the hope that we have, even as we face death head on, is that Jesus has overcome death with life. And so at the very point 
that you and I are depleted of life, of our energy, of our hope even to go on. At that very point is the best point for God to step in and infuse his power and his life in our situation. So just think about this for a moment. What, what is draining the life out of you right now? I mean, maybe there is, uh, there's a relationship that you are, you're trying to work out. You're, you're trying to find reconciliation, and you just have not been able to understand each other. Or, or maybe, maybe you're not even trying. Maybe, maybe somebody, the person on the other end is not even trying, and you just like, feel like you're beating your head against the wall, and it's just like sucking the life out of you. Maybe financially, you're, you're facing a mountain that is so huge, you're like, I, I don't know how we can possibly dig our way out of this, and it just feels hopeless. What, what is it that is sucking the life out of you right now? So maybe there's an issue in your workplace, a problem that you need to solve in your workplace seems like it has no solution. At those very points where we feel depleted and we feel like hope is dead, that's where God is able to speak. That's where he wants to breathe life. That's where, in verse 7, the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. See, when we get to the point of the end of us, that's where God can really step in and show his power. There's an author named Philip Hughes who says, to be at the end of man's resources is not to be at the end of God's resources. On the contrary, it is to be precisely in the position best suited to prove and benefit from them and to experience the surplus of the power of God breaking through and resolving the human dilemma. So when we get to the end of our rope, when we get to the end of ourselves, that's the place for our greatest hope because God can breathe life at, at that point. We, we, we realize our need for him. So, this treasure of life in Christ in us, it gives us hope in this life. It also gives us hope for the life to come, the life after this life. We see that in verse 13. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. If, if the resurrection of Jesus is not true, then quite honestly, we should, all, we should pack up everything we're doing here. We should sell this building. We, we should just go on and do something else. Because that, that is our only hope, is that Christ overcame death. And because he overcame death, he gives us hope that death is not the end for, for us. Paul, who, who said this, and so, because if the resurrection is not true, then really all we are is a box. All we are is a jar of clay. There is no treasure. The treasure is that Christ has overcome death and he's given us hope to overcome death. Paul, who, who wrote 2 Corinthians, also wrote in 1 Corinthians, he, he wrote more about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. 
then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. It's over. It's done. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? That is, that's the hope that we have. In, in Christ, we have hope in this life only. Okay, these got out of order. And if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in, Christ, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He is our hope. His resurrection is our hope for our, our future. He gives us hope for the life after this. This container is not all there is. So go back to 2 Corinthians 4 again in verse 16. He says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. This, this outer self is wasting away. Is, is anybody experiencing that? You don't have to raise your hand. Is anybody experiencing that your outer self, your box, your container is, is wasting away? Anybody wake up in the morning with pain you can't explain? And you're just, oh, yeah, okay, you're raising your hand. You don't have to, but, uh, yeah, you wake up in the morning, and you're just like, I, I, I must have done something yesterday, but I don't know what it was, because I'm experiencing something today. Our, our outer body is wasting away, and if, if this is all there is, if the physical world is all there is, then that gets pretty alarming. But if it's not, if there's something, if there's a treasure on the inside, he, he says our inner self is being renewed day by day. See, your contents are more important than your container. And so as we endure pain in this physical, broken world today, what, what happens actually is, it gets even better, because not only do we have hope for this next life, but actually the pain we're experiencing today invests in the next life. He goes on to say in verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So he says, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Now some of you, when you read that, are probably thinking, my struggle right now doesn't feel very light, and it doesn't feel very momentary. It feels crushing, and it feels like it's going on and on and on, and there's no end in sight. But Paul says, step back from that, because, because the life that we live, this physical life that we live, is a blip in light of eternity. So he says, the, 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 the affliction that we experience now is light and momentary, but what it's earning for us, what it's gaining for us, the payoff is an eternal weight of, of glory. And so when we feel crushed, when, when we feel like, okay, my... my my struggles are anything but light and momentary. A lot of times that has to do with our focus. And see, our feelings follow our focus. 
That's a whole other message we could talk about another day. What, what kind of truth are we setting our minds on? Our feelings follow our focus. So if our focus is all about how much pain I'm in, then we're, we're going to feel like it's crushing. But when our focus shifts, and Paul is calling us to focus, shift our focus to the future and what is in store for us, our, our present sufferings start to fade into to the background. See, in verse 18, it says, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. That, that word look there means to keep on giving serious consideration to, 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 to fix your attention on. We are looking at, we're fixing our attention deliberately on something that is yet to come, what is unseen. That is our focus. That is so important for us when we are in the midst of pain, especially a pain that is leading in some way to to death. That's crushing pain. And our focus is so important. So I I shared before that I I run, and I, I don't like to run. I like to have run. So when I'm in the midst of running, like I'm hating, I know that not everybody is like this, and some of you are some of those weird people who just love to run, and I've run with some people who are just like, yeah, you know, they're just loving life, and all oh, the birds and the trees, and all, isn't this awesome, and whatever, and I'm just like gasping, and I'm like, can this please end soon? And when I'm in the middle of, of that pain, I have to keep my focus on the payoff, and I have to remember that when I, when I go to my doctor for my yearly physical, he's going to say, you're doing great and keep running because you're keeping your cholesterol in check. And I just had that this week. Actually, I saw my doctor and he's like, man, you're, you're doing great. He said, I'm not going to make my living off of you because you're, you're doing great. And so I think, okay, when I'm in the midst of sweating and gasping and feeling like I'm going to die, the payoff is that... Uh, I'm going to get to live longer, okay? I'm not, I'm not tricking myself into thinking I'm going to live forever, but I, I want this body to last and be as healthy as it can be as long as, as it's here. And so when you and I are in the midst of that discomfort, what, what's happening is God is storing up eternal weight of glory. An eternal weight of glory, okay, that word glory has to do with, with honor, and respect, and it's, it's some of the things that we strive for in this life, in this physical world, and God says, don't worry about the glory that you get in this life. Be working for the glory in the next life, and the way we do that is enduring patiently the suffering and pain, because this world is not all there is. So, so here's my question for us this morning. Is your focus on your container, on your box? Are you, are you spending all your time playing with the box, like the one-year-old? Or are you giving attention to what is unseen, what is internal and eternal? Because that's, that's the treasure. Your contents are more important than your container. And so I'm going to challenge you again with something that, that I said several weeks ago. I want you to think through, how, how much time do you spend on your container? How much time do you spend showering, flossing, brushing, hair coloring, whatever, all that stuff? How much time do you spend on that? And then how much time are you spending cultivating the unseen, cultivating your relationship with, with Christ? 
If there's an imbalance there, then I, I would encourage you, please, please don't stop taking your shower, okay? Please, please you know, keep taking care of the box. But, but give more attention, give more time, give more energy to what's on the inside, cultivating relationship with Christ. Let me give you just a very practical way that you can do this that helps focus us on the future. Just point you to a scripture to spend time in. It's the very last two chapters of the Bible, really easy to find. You flip all the way to the end of Revelation 21 and 22 because they paint a picture for us of what is to come, of the the perfect state that we will be in when we are in the presence of Christ. Spend time thinking about what is yet to come. See, sometimes we're, we're spending all of our time thinking about what is right now and how broken it is right now. We need to spend time looking out there and saying, this is not all there is. And when you carve out time to spend with God and to focus on that future, you're reminding yourself and you're declaring to yourself and to the people around you, this world is not all there is. This container, this body is not all there is. And so I'm going to give energy and attention to what is yet to come because that's really the treasure. And as we do that, as we begin to spend more and more time focusing on that future, we we get to experience that treasure in us, the treasure that he talked about in the beginning, this treasure in jars of clay. That treasure is Christ in us, which is our life today and for eternity. So as, as we close here, before we, we start moving into communion, I want us to just take a moment and, and reflect. And, and I want us to just close, close our eyes. And I want you to, to reflect on, uh, number one, the question, do you have this treasure in your jar of clay? Have, have you embraced and personalized Christ, what Christ has done for you? Have you asked him, have you said to Jesus, I believe that historically you died and rose again, and I want that life in me? Because that's the most important decision you, you will ever make. And so I want to give you an opportunity here this morning while everybody is, is just closing your eyes in reflection, that if you have never made that, if you're here this morning and you don't know whether Christ is your Savior, if you've never made that decision, I want to encourage you to just uh, make this your day. And if you're making this your day, just to slip your hand up as a way of just saying, I'm, I'm embracing Christ as my Savior this day. I want that life in me, both for this life, and for the next life. And so for those of us who have already embraced that, that life, the question for us is to say, how, how much are we investing in that future versus playing with the box that is temporary and is, is going to pass away? What, what do we need to do in this next week to, to spend time cultivating connecting with that treasure that is inside of us that puts our pain into perspective then, knowing that these light momentary afflictions are working for us an eternal weight of glory. Um, Father, we thank you for giving us 
a treasure, for making a treasure available to us. You didn't have to do that. You were under no obligation. In fact, the, the thing that would have made the most logical sense is for you to write us off because of our rebellion against you. But thank you, Jesus, for being willing to come and sacrifice yourself on our behalf so that we could have the treasure of your life inside of us, to have hope for this life and the life um, after this, this world. Lord, help us in this room this morning to, to put more energy into uh, cultivating that treasure and embracing that treasure than we do even to this, this temporary container that we have. And Lord, we look forward, we do look forward to that glorious day when, when you're going to return and we're going to be with you for eternity. Lord, uh, as, we, as we give back now, as we sing, we prepare for communion, we give back uh, an offering out of the resources with which you have blessed us. We, we tell you, Lord, that all of it belongs to you, and we give back a portion as a reminder of that this morning and look forward to, uh, to celebrating in communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.